Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And today, you might be able to notice, I mean, if you are watching this, you might be watching it, you're, you're probably listening to it if you're one of the podcast listeners, of course. But uh, we've decided to uh, actually go on, on video um, uh, because I think perhaps I haven't had a haircut for a while, but it's still very short, my hair. And as you can see, I, I'm in my kitchen uh, and uh, Sally is in, in her, her lovely office. And uh, and so I, I apologise in advance that uh, there may be sounds of the, you might be able to hear at the moment my, my boiler going off. Perhaps my children will be making rackets in the next room. But uh, but hey, th- this is the reality of uh, of lockdown life. So we thought it was important to uh, to share that we are all in this in this together, as they say. And I felt sound like I'm doing a political speech. But uh, no, just to, just to, to let you know that there, there are those things that go on, and we're not in a beautiful recording studio at the moment. And uh, so. That's just the way things are. But anyway, uh, we are here on video. We wanted to uh, to connect with you so you can see what it's like. We're actually recording. Show that we are real, genuine human beings. We're not some kind of strange avatars sitting in the background. <laughs> exactly. Uh, pl- plugged into some weird mainframe somewhere in uh, <laughs> in Iceland or something. We're, we are genuine, genuine people and uh, genuinely here to communicate with you. So so if you are watching this, great. Uh, you might see Sally's cat at some stage sort of pop, pop into view as well. So. Uh, it's all good, bit, bit of fun. But uh, yes, if you're listening to us, hello as well to, to the podcast. And uh, today we are, well, we, we decided to extend um, from our discussion about being the only marketer uh, in the company. Uh, we had some really good feedback from people actually about not just being the only marketer in the company, but being the only marketer in a team, perhaps as well, a team of of people, uh, perhaps a sales team um, or other multidisciplinary teams. Uh, and you're the marketer, the qualified marketer of the team. And uh, it seems as if we struck a chord with some of the, the topics we went into and the questions we raised and hopefully some of the solutions we provided. Um, and, and then we, we asked people some questions on a poll, which we'll, we'll do the full poll uh, at some stage about what, what uh, people said were the, the most pressing issues they had. But at present, it was around um, uh, reaching out to other teams and uh, getting other teams to buy into what marketing do. And we thought that connected rather neatly with the whole thing of being the only marketer in the organization and also, um, therefore, how you build a marketing team. So uh, so today we're going to explore building a marketing team, what you need to do. And most importantly, once you've got your team in place, how do you make it work well aligned with other teams? With other teams, yep. I'll stop rambling now and let you let you kick us off. <laughs> um, marketing teams are one that tend to have grown organically. It's very likely that small companies will have um, one person will then get massively overworked and then go, oh, please, can I have some to help me? And they'll employ somebody and they'll think, oh, God, there's definitely too much of us now because two people can create more. And they'll have another people. So it will have grown organically. You will not have probably have strategically sat down and said, OK, these are our goals. We want to achieve X, Y, Z. This will mean that we'll need a digital marketing specialist. We'll need um, possibly a design specialist. We'll, it's a marketing design personality. We need someone who can do very good Canva, whatever. We've, we also need um, someone who can do a content strategy with us. And that's what our team is going to be. It's very unlikely that's going to have happened. What will have happened is you'll, you've now got five people all doing marketing one of you is the manager and you'll just go oh god who's best at doing canva oh no you haven't got time have you oh god could you just do a quick bit of canva so you're constantly compromising so if you are in the blessed position of being able to put your marketing team in from scratch then please 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 look at your strategy first do not think, oh, I don't like doing this. I'll get someone else to do it. 
that happens as well and that's fatal. I mean, you're quite right, don't make people do things they're not good at and don't like doing, but at the same time, that's not a reason to employ, that's a reason to train. Yes. So, and the two things are fundamentally different. So building a team can be hard and you're probably inheriting somebody else's team if you've been brought in as a manager. Mm. And the most important thing to do is to engage with the people in the team and find out what they can and can't do. There's no point making somebody have work on a, on a part of the, um, your structure that requires them to write loads of content if they really hate doing that and aren't very good at it. Mm. And that happens all the time. So it's so important to actually go and talk to your team members and find out whether they're doing the right thing. And actually sometimes fundamental change can really help. I once worked in a team where I had, I had two people, I was, I was working internationally and people were working in, on various, well, someone was doing Europe and someone was doing Africa and someone was doing Asia. And the person who was doing Africa spoke fluently three European languages. And I thought, why exactly is she not doing Europe? Oh, because I wasn't employed to do Europe. I was employed to do Africa. Mm. Mm, I know, let's swap. Yeah. So we swapped and all of a sudden things went awfully much better. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Okay. I mean, that, that hits the nail on the head in a way, doesn't it, around, as you say, inheriting a team or, or even building a team as well. Because I think if, if we were to use a scenario of being somebody who comes in, like we said in our, our last one about being the only marketer in the organisation, if you've come in or perhaps I, I quite often see this with job adverts quite a lot where it asks for a marketing manage, a manager, a managerial level, someone to come in and manage a team because they've had an exec and an admin marketers and, and they may be loosely termed marketers i don't want to be too uh, fascist about this and say you're a marketer because you've done a cim or you're not uh, you're, you're you're not one of the clan um but but people who are kind of started doing a newsletter or, or did something else and worked on that and sort of started to work more on communications and then it grew and as we say it's always very messy it's always very organic isn't it it's very very rarely kind of like this has all been perfectly spec'd out we know exactly what we need because you're getting other people to say what they need um, based on what, what, what their own preconceptions are, of what marketing is and what it does, what it should do. Um, so quite often you have this very organic sort of thing where perhaps you come in as the marketer fresh in and you've already got a team of people who've done the work. Um, and as you say, they've been assigned roles. So for example, yeah, they've, 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 they've fallen into a particular role because no one's been there to have that strategic oversight of what they should be doing perhaps or where they should be deployed. And as you say, what their actual skills are um, and and I, I find it fascinating when, you, you know, you, you can come in and start to, you know, coax people into different areas and things they actually just enjoy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here around about just more about good HR practices, aren't there, as well, in any yeah. team or whatever skills you're doing. But particularly with marketing, I find it because a lot of people kind of fall into it. And the number of times I've seen people who just fall into marketing, who, mm -hmm. who've never really had an interest. I mean, let's face it, not many of us kind of like by the time we're sort of, I don't know, 15s, we say, I do what I want to do. I want to be a marketer. That's what I wanted to do. You know, let's be brutally honest here. It's, uh -huh. it's more of a thing that perhaps you discover and become, perhaps you love communicating with people. Perhaps you, you're very much into digital technology. Perhaps you're into, you know, um, people and how they work and how they think. And th those are the things that come together, coalesce into you loving to be, you know, become a marketer. But, but as you say, that it is that thing of actually getting to the point of saying, well, let's now try and take this slightly messy, organic development of this team into something where people are doing 
hope you know it has to be aligned with obviously the organizational objectives but there's quite often not that structural plan in place to understand how they contribute towards it or, or what it does in the first place isn't there as, as you say I mean aligning it with um what what your team is good at I mean it's it's quite hard because you, you write a job description and the job description is everything and we all know it's very unlikely I mean if, if anybody listening or watching this does do this I'm so in awe of you very few people ever ever look at their job description again once they've got the job ever they might have some kind of annual review where they might give it a brief glance and think oh I don't even understand what that bullet point means but most people never look at their job description again and the likelihood is that and we really should it's extremely valuable to actually go back and go what when they were actually planning what this job was for what were they thinking I was going to be doing yeah. And then it's really valuable. I mean, it's just possible that some of them may be irrelevant, but then go back to your manager and say, I was just looking at my job description and I find this really hard to do because I don't get any help from X, Y, Z, or I never do this, but I do three things which aren't on here. Can we change my job description? Mm. That will either mean that the manager will actually be more helpful for you to get for you to do the job better or it might rethink the job a bit and they might say look I know you are spending a lot of time doing that and it's great but to be honest that isn't where the strategy is and we need you to do these bullet points which you're finding difficult I know let's train you up mm. because very often managers haven't got the time to know the finer bullet points that people are finding hard of their job description that people are finding hard to do Mm-hmm. and unless you talk to them they're never going to guess yeah exactly exactly and, and it, it it's it's interesting as well because I think with that thing of um coming in and being being the manager and sort of assigning almost like well, divvying up what needs to be done isn't it effectively if yeah, you start off right. and say well there's going to be this ambition that the company has particularly if you've just come in and they're saying right so what we want to double in five years yeah. growth and it's like uh-huh. okay so what are the mechanics involved with actually doing that you know who do we need to reach out to how many new customers do we need what budget do we have how are we going to plan it all all of that stuff that you have to think about but then the sort of the actual um quite often the smaller companies i suppose if you're coming as the manager there's this this thing which i think is certainly something i've uh, fallen into in the past being a manager the whole thing of you want to come in and just do your job as well as you possibly can but you end up doing the job of your your team and so you're 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 sort of doing all the all the skills-based tactical stuff and you should be up doing the strategic stuff yeah. which involves allowing them to blossom and to shine and to develop Absolutely. and enhance their skills. You're there as, and you're probably going to go into this, but your, your great um, uh, work about, about Simon Sinek, which you, which who we, we worship. Oh, I love Simon we, we, <laughs> <laughs> of course we do. We're, we're, we're completely in that, that cliched bubble, aren't we? Of, uh, lovely. Yep. But he is fantastic, isn't he? He's fantastic. And the whole thing about leadership and, but just the whole thing around, uh, you know, you understanding if you're coming in as a marketing manager, even if it is, if you're the, the only marketer in the company and then you start adding in execs and, and, and other people um, and perhaps you become a senior manager or director and you bring in other managers, that thing of just you're there to to look after them, aren't you, to bring the best out in them. But mm-hmm. they've got to understand, this is probably something that people struggle with a bit, I suppose, uh, at the, I hate to say highest and lowest levels, but at the most junior to most senior, everybody understands the direction you're going in and that's why mm-hmm. the skills they are developing and working on are necessary 
and hopefully are aligned with their own interests as well so I mean that's that's the, the ideal of course isn't it the ideal of like having people in your team going yeah you know I really love building emails and, and I love monitoring and doing analytics and I'd like to do more on analytics and then as the team grows you, they become perhaps maybe they get extra training and become an analytics specialist and, and yeah. they get the emails but you as the manager have a good under, overview and an understanding of what is they're doing but you have to remove yourself to managing the people not managing practices almost don't you and that's, that's exactly important. right and some cynic well, it's not a rare word but he uses the word empathy and that you have to empathize with your um your the people you are managing if you are a manager i mean there's a managerial bit of things we're talking about but particularly in marketing because there are lots of little bits of marketing you are not a marketer who just does marketing because marketing splits into digital analytics copywriting content design it's got a whole load of bits and you have to empathize with your team member about which bits they're doing best and you probably need to know how to do them mm. i mean possibly not in detail but it would be very very bad if you've got one of your team members who is particularly doing analytics and you've never looked at the crm system now, I have worked in situations where the marketing manager doesn't have a CRM login, and it's not unknown. But if you are thinking of developing your career in that direction, never, ever do that. Because you, to start with, your team will lose respect for you, and that's never a good place to start building a team. And secondly, you will be able to empathise with them more when they are tearing their hair out because they're finding it impossible to write this report which they've got to do for their monthly report to you telling them how well they're doing if you think oh I get why they're finding this so painful because actually the CRM system won't tell you this unless you do it manually uh, then you'll have a you'll be getting your strategic um, end goals close more closely defined yeah yeah exactly and, and, and it's about knowing you say being empathetic understanding what they're going through and then how to make how to clear the barriers to make things better. I mean, my old bosses used to say it was about, you know, she was there to sort of help clear the way, you know, as long as I know enough about it, you're telling me enough about it, but I, I can see that the whole, the whole um, leadership thing about, you know, the, the boat with the hole beneath the waterline, is, is there a hole above the waterline of the boat, which means it's not going to sink. And I don't need to worry as much about it, but I kind of, I get why it is above the waterline or it's below the waterline and, oh my God, we're going to sink. Uh, yeah. Let's get on and fix this. You know, you, you have that, enough of an appreciation of what's going on to to to, to realize um yeah. you know doing x y and z will help this person um, not only in their own working life to to, to have a more productive and fulfilling working life yeah. but also it's going to mean that your whole objective objectives as a team will be realized rather than being sunk you know yeah i mean it also means that it's also vital the other thing that stops teams working, particularly marketing teams not working together well, is that the, the, the manager hasn't shared the overall marketing strategy mm. because these teams will probably be working. It's extremely likely that they'll either be geographically or product oriented. That will be what they're doing. I'm going to I market Africa or I market this particular type of widget mm. or handbag, as I say. Um, <laughs> indeed. Um, and that's all they'll be looking at they'll be absolutely focusing down on that because that's what their targets are and actually if the, if the strategy above that which you as the manager is handling if the strategy target is um have a huge impact in southeast asia then you've got to be very careful that the person who's actually i mean africa's still an important marketplace 
But actually, if all the buzz in the whole team, because that's the strategy is about Southeast Asia, as a manager, you've got to keep this South, this Africa person happy, buzzing, committed. Don't, but don't uh, tell them, tell them what the overall strategy is and why Africa feeds into Southeast Asia. Yeah. Why they can learn from each other. Why, if we've got a nice concrete um, marketing with market leaders in Africa, it means we can all work on Southeast Asia more confidently because we're not very big there yet. Yeah. So they both matter. And you, so sharing your strategy across the team is kind of key. Yes, exactly. And, and it comes back again, doesn't it? Too? I know I bang on about this all the time, but the, these those different levels again, doesn't it? So if you look at this whole topic from the kind of, you know, again, the political, strategic, operational, tactical side, you, you, know, you should be able to see that common thread go up and down, not just one way, up and down throughout everything you do within your team and the people in it. So it's almost like if I'm, I don't know, if I was, I, 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 I'm so happy freelancing these days, I don't think I would be going into start building a team again myself right now, um, but uh, not to, to put people off because it's, it's a great experience and so valuable in so many ways. Um, but, but, you know, if you were starting again, you sort of, I think I'd almost map it out in that way and say, these are all the things. And just so you know, guys, there is the strategy is not this sort of little, you know, like locked away in a dusty old cupboard and, and this, this chest, um, which you have to, you know, do an incantation over to open, uh, uh, and this little, you know, this, this scroll, uh, which I, yes. them, which I write down the strategy on and you shall never see this. Yes. Only some of. people can read it anyway. Yes, exactly. I've written it in code. Yeah, you have to have wizarding level 12 to get it, <laughs> yeah. you know, marketing wizard level 12 but you only get through the cim um but uh, the source of um, you know hiding this stuff away actually is is, is obviously as we say not the thing to do but it's also it's practical ways of communicating isn't it isn't it so i mean you can have something on a piece of paper or you know digitally on a, on a, on, a uh, on a word document or whatever it might be a pdf but actually the sort of it's the living embodiment of what that strategy means for your team members on a day-to-day -day basis and a month-to-month -month and a year-to-year -year basis, what it means for their own development and um, how they interact with each other and other teams and how you sort of help embody that. I and mean, again, this all sounds slightly idealistic, but I think I think it is that sort of thing, is it, of just making it clear, making it transparent and things go back. So conversations, arguments or opportunities or excited successes should all flow back into it. So like saying, yeah, it's fantastic, amazing. We had this fantastic campaign and we did so well. We got 150 new leads and, and we sold this amount of, uh, of handbags. This was amazing, you're great. And that's great because that contributes to this or, oh, this went really badly. Did it go badly in relation to what our strategy is? How did that go badly? You know, and yeah, it's exactly. setting context all the time, isn't it? Which you should try yeah. and do at least. It's, it's keeping that fluid throw of communication going. And there's some really beneficial tips here. And you need to make sure they don't turn into a burden, but they are so valuable. If you if you're the manager, you ask all your reports to give you a monthly report of what they've been doing last month. Not forever last month, but make the last 30 days. What, we, what did you do? What were the outcomes and what were your problems? I only want it on a page, few bullet points. It doesn't have to be a huge tome, just a quick report so that I know what your problems are and what your successes are so we can celebrate them. Yeah. If you're part of a team and your manager isn't asking you for that, give it to them anyway. And it's just possible that they won't read it. That's, you know, I know that this can, could be, you know, spitting into the wind excuse my language but 
keep doing it don't give up keep sending them a monthly report and if you possibly can you're close to your colleagues ask them to do it too because sometimes it just forces managers to go oh god look I perhaps I ought to read this and then all of a sudden their eyes might light up and go oh my god look what we've achieved wow I didn't know she'd done that that's amazing yeah and it, just keep doing it because I know it can be soul destroying when you they're not listening to you but the only way to make them listen to you is to pick away at that scab and make them listen to you yeah yeah exactly and, and that that feeds into the wider point doesn't it so, and as you mentioned the other day on the report back to people yeah people outside of your outside of marketing outside of your team to yeah. sales to operations whatever to, to the other side of, of, of the teams to say this is what we're doing this is what's going on because I find that that it gets to the point where when there's a problem and then people blame, perhaps they point the finger back at marketing because that's like upstream. It's like, well, why aren't we getting enough sales? What's going on? Why is this not happening? Then you get all defensive yourself and say, well, look, I'm going to go out. That's the most productive time for creating really fantastic reports. I think yep. that's when you want to not just cover your own backside, but you want to say, no, working really hard. Me yeah, and my exactly. team working really hard. Look at this. Bang, bang, bang. And you go, look yep. at all these fantastic reports. And this is genuine stuff properly related to you know this and this is where the problem is you see th this is the bottleneck this is the, yeah, you know, th these people exactly. here have not been uploading this information to this machine which means that they can't process these these conversions and there you yeah. go and, but then it comes at that point everyone sounds back actually if you just sort of have somebody walk into the room sort of a zen person just says okay guys let's just calm down think about it why didn't you say this six months ago when we were actually not arguing and we were actually productively working together you know it's these things that get hidden almost and it shouldn't be yeah. hidden because it should be a, an ongoing thing an understanding of comes down to managers comes down to all the individuals within the marketing team and outside the marketing team to understand why or why not if you can things are going smoothly or not going smoothly and and, exactly. and, and sharing say sharing regularly rather than yeah. waiting to the point of crisis to then go there you go because then yeah. it will give you that insight but it shouldn't yeah hopefully have to come to that should it really yeah, you're exactly right so i'm sharing regularly and sometimes a monthly report can be really boring there could be nothing much to report report it anyway but actually you're absolutely right share it out don't just share it with your marketing manager you're absolutely right share it with the sales manager share it with the operations manager share it with the business development manager so that everybody has the same picture that's the other important thing so because it is very easy once we get into our silos if you're in a business in fact even small businesses can have silos that you only ever look at your silo you only ever look out of your silos window you only ever talk to people in your silo and it's really dangerous and if you can just this one report will cross that silo a little bit and then it also means that if you actually physically walk into that silo you're not a completely unknown yeah. if they've been reading your reports they might think you're the person who tells me once a month that you've had this really great success that's really good to know because in the handbag business you tell me every week that you know we're selling loads of orange handbags so we actually stock those at the front of the picking shelves mm. yeah 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 do you know what it also makes me think something we had feedback on from our our, our podcast as well was, was about um you know the marketing team and you know not being seen and not people not understanding as we say not buying into what marketing do how often do we actually think about marketing to our own company 
because we're supposed to be experts at marketing and understanding what an audience needs, coming up with a persona. Why don't you create some personas for your own teams internally? Brilliant Why idea. don't you actually try and market to them? And do you know what? As a marketing manager who might be listening to this now, you might think, oh, I'm going to look like a real dickhead if I'm like there going, I'm going to send out a little internal communication each month saying, hey, this is amazing. Marketing have done this, this and that. Um, but I think actually it's, it's not so much that. It's understanding, being empathetic again, understanding what the demands are of, of other teams how is this relevant to it so me with our new you know our new uh, crm how is that relevant how will me saying what's going on or what we need from them uh, how can that make their lives better perhaps how am i helping them solve a problem by them helping me solve a problem was that sort of that two-way thing isn't it you know in sales you know i'm helping sales every day solve a problem of getting better sales targets by doing better marketing i can only do better marketing by understanding what's working with sales and vice versa and it's that sort of make and the boss the big boss what did the boss want the boss wants good numbers for the shareholders or the board or whatever so okay how can i help them see through my perspective how I can help them help me almost that that sort of two-way relationship yeah. it's sort of like let's market to our own organizations which we don't think about do we really yeah. in internal way. communications is unbelievably important you're right I mean some companies have whole teams of people that do internal communications because you only share a purpose and that purpose is what you're telling your customers if you communicate that purpose internally yeah. and internal communications is so important we also, I, mean, I think we're verging into how to get buy-in from other teams, because sometimes you need IT to, you know, do something for you because you've had this brilliant idea and you've, you love the website, it's brilliant, but you need a microsite. You're going to do a whole campaign which needs a little microsite for in January um, for this particular campaign we're going to run for six months. The wrong way to get buy-in from IT is to go and see them in December and say, right, okay, we need a microsite. It's got to go live on January the 5th. Uh, here's all the copy, here are the images. Um, could we get could we get a draft maybe by Christmas? Yeah. No, you might think you've gone to talk to them about it and that's great. No, you haven't. You've given them a fait accompli, which you haven't talked to them about at all. Mm. Not at all. For them, they're thinking, oh, for God's sake, where am I going to fit this in the schedule? Yeah, what yeah. you should do when you're trying to get buy-in, you've got to think about it way earlier. So when you are doing your annual plans, if that's how you think about it, at the beginning of the year, and you think, oh, we need a new micro, little microsite for this, that would be good. Go and talk to them then, eight months before, and say, I'm thinking of doing this, and get your business into their schedule. Don't expect them to work around your schedule. Mm. And if that means they say, well, yeah, I can see that's fine, but actually we're not going to be able to do that for January because this, that and the other is happening. You, you've got time then to go, right, OK, I'll go and talk to sales and say, right, you know that target we had? We're going to have to rethink that target a bit because actually IT can't do the thing I need them to do for then. then. So can we shift it forward to March? Yeah. And then everyone's on the same page and then you'll get buy-in. You also then need to keep them on involved in this project. Don't just say we want it then and then again speak to them two minutes before you want it. Yeah, exactly. Now you've, you've raised it with them and they've said, yeah, right, we put that in the schedule. Go and see them every single month. 
or week or you know, more frequently as it gets closer to the deadline and make sure they're on track. And if you've got a project management system, let's say, put them in your project management system involve them so they can see what progress is looking like and so they can upload some of their documents into your project management system so you're all seeing from the same project seat project project sheet and then you will find that the next time you go to them and you need buy-in you'll get buy-in more easily mm, mm, exactly yeah because they, they understand more about what's going on they've been consulted and involved and it's like the sort of the agile planning meetings i used to go to when it was to do with yeah. software development and and you know that which was yeah. great the whole kind of on a tuesday morning it's only 20 minutes so it's not gonna yeah. be long but if you want to just check in it may not be not all of it's gonna be relevant to you but you know you can see what's going on here you know you know that you're coming in point eight down the plan uh, yeah. and this this work stream and so you know that's going to come online but these are the interrelated elements which will impact upon you and it's not going to be a surprise and it, you'll, you'll you kind of get the whole context of why this is important and who else yeah. is involved in it and then perhaps you might even have an idea you might say do you know what you said you really need that microsite you can actually host this on this this um this platform instead you don't need to do it here we don't need to build it from scratch i could help save you some time and money here and you go yeah. well that's fantastic you know and this is the thing and i mean i can completely understand and we all know why you know the best the best laid plans you, you absolutely should do it this way and then there's always these things that then crop up aren't there which then suddenly you go oh no we suddenly shit we, we need to do this we need to do this and so often in marketing because someone puts pressure on us to say get this done and you're like oh okay and then you relay and transfer that pressure don't you to, to other yeah. people to other teams and they get resentful of you and we're yeah. always being pushed usually designers we're always being pushed the last minute to do this because marketing yeah. suddenly need it and marketing's gone oh yes we'll do that I mean, it's about the whole thing of the, the art of saying no again, isn't it? But also the whole, uh, as you said as well the other day, about, you know, uh, I can just do that if I just do a plan for it first, or I just see how that fits into what I'm yeah. doing. But but it's almost like, um, as well, the whole, you know, the ideal situation where you've got a proper plan, you've consulted people properly over a long term, and you've given them a good heads up. Absolutely, you should try and do that as much as possible. I almost think sometimes, though, if you're sort of saying as well, well, these are the things we're planning for the year. This is the kind of like we are solid core stuff we're going to deliver on. We have to deliver on. This is the more aspirational stuff and the sort of contingency based things, which at least if that's on their calendar as well. And they sort of know, OK, well, we've got enough understanding of how much time resource that might take up. It's not fully 100 percent committed, but we know as it gets closer what the likelihood is we're going to do it or not. If they've got some spare capacity to support you, and then you suddenly go, "No, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing this. This has propped up. This this is this innovative new concept has come up, and suddenly we're going to do things this way." Um, at least you've already sort of earmarked the time, haven't you? Sort of you've put that in there, and, and and they're aware again of what's going on. But I mean, again, this all comes down to, as we've said really before, it comes down to just almost over communicating. If I think you need to feel as if you're over communicating to other teams, absolutely, to make sure you're actually adequately communicating. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, Sounds exactly right. So that you know, the more likely that you're more likely to get them to help you with absolute emergencies if you've involved them uh, in other projects earlier. So that if if you've you've got buy-in for them because you've involved them in the um, strategy and they know the plan and they've been able to contribute, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, if you then go to them on another issue, different plan and go, oh, do you know what's just happened? This thing's just happened. And it, I know I didn't ask you to do this, but could you just possibly just help me quickly do this? Boy, will they say yes, because you've got buy-in. That's what buy-in is. Buy-in is not just for this one project. It's getting them to understand your marketing 
um, strategy and they'll go yeah all right because I can see that's going to help because I know what the strategy is and let's make that work that's absolutely on track mm. and that's that's a love not feeling frightened to go somewhere and say can you help me is kind of a key bit of getting buy-in well, that's the end of part one of our discussion around gaining marketing buy-in and uh, building marketing teams. We hope you've enjoyed it. There is part two coming along. Uh, and if you want to see this uh, on video, then you can actually go to our YouTube channel. If you just look for Marketing Meanders on YouTube, it's our first fully recorded video uh, recording of uh, a Marketing Meander. And we'll be doing more in the future. So you can watch it there if you if you wish to, um, or share it to other people, allow them to subscribe to, uh, to the podcast if they fancy it. Um, and that, next time we'll be carrying on the, the theme around building uh, the the team and then how you can actually gain that buy-in and just reinforcing certain points I think we make and uh, the, the novel idea about building a marketing plan for your own organisation uh, for your own team so uh, tune into that and uh, yeah please do let us know what you think because this is a very important topic for so many people out there and we'd love to hear what you think about this whether we've missed anything whether you think it makes sense whether there's there's some bits in there which perhaps are too idealistic uh, around uh, the realities of, of everyday work and everyday life so let us know we'd love to hear from you and uh, to discuss it so please do get in touch and uh, yeah you can do it on twitter at meanderspod or uh, email us meanderspod at gmail.com send a message on facebook or whatever you fancy that's it for now everybody thank you very much talk to you again soon bye